In 2019, in the country of Sri Lanka, a girl named Rebecca and her sister were preparing to sing a song in their home church on Easter morning. It was a song about Jesus, his love for us, and how he suffered for us. But when Rebecca was there that morning, a terrorist set a bomb off at the church, killing 30 people and injuring many others. When it happened, Rebecca was engulfed in flames. But miraculously, she survived. She remembers seeing fire everywhere, and later she said, I knew I was going to die and go to heaven. My only aim was to meet Jesus. But God did not call her home to heaven that day. As a result of her injuries, the doctors thought that she may not walk again. They thought that they may have to amputate one of her arms. Praise the Lord, neither of these things were true. Today, she's walking and has both of her arms. The only remaining reminder of her injuries are the third-degree burns that cover half of Rebecca's body and her face. But when you listen to her as she shares her story, it's not the scars of persecution that will captivate you, but it's her love for Jesus. It is only love for Jesus that can cause a believer to go through such things and say what Rebecca said afterwards. She said, being able to suffer for Christ is a precious thing because he suffered for us. It's this love for Jesus that fearlessly brings Rebecca back to the same church every week as she constantly seeks to grow closer to the Lord she loves. I was listening to her story this week and it reminded me of the Apostle Paul who told the Galatian believers that he bore in his body the marks of Jesus. Paul, too, had the scars of persecution because of his faith in the Lord. In his ministry, Paul was imprisoned, flogged, whipped, beaten, stoned, and in many dangers. Yet Paul continued to pursue the Lord and share the gospel. Because like Rebecca, the Apostle Paul loved Jesus. And that love was evident in his actions. Believers, we may not bear the marks of persecution like the Apostle Paul, like Rebecca, and like many of our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world, but we should all bear the same deep and abiding love for Jesus Christ. The love for our Savior who came and suffered and died for us should unite all believers together. And while all believers say we love Jesus, as we turn to John chapter 14, verse 15 together this morning, we're going to see what loving Jesus looks like in our lives. If you have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to go ahead and turn there with me. John chapter 14, we're going to begin in verse 15. As you turn there, keep in mind that at this point, Jesus is with his 11 disciples. Judas Iscariot has already left them. Jesus is speaking and he says this, beginning in verse 15. He said, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Let's pause right here. Jesus said that if we love him, we will obey him. 
And I really want us to think about that. Because it seems that many Christians today view God's commands the way that the Jews viewed the law. We see them as an obligation, a heavy burden, things that hold us back from what we really desire at times. So we begrudgingly follow them. We serve, but we have no joy. We gather on Sundays, but it's just to check off a box. We know the Lord's commands, but it's through great pains that we follow them. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he said, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So why do so many Christians walk around with long faces and obey the Lord out of obligation and make living for him look like a chore? When we do, it's because we have not yet learned to truly love the Lord. You see, when we truly love Jesus, the result is that we will want to obey him. It will be the natural overflow of our hearts. When we are in love with Jesus Christ, we will desire to carry out his commands and his will for us. These things won't be a heavy burden, but they will be a yoke easily and joyfully carried out. No wonder why the Apostle John later wrote in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, he said, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Now, on our own, this obedience would be difficult, but Jesus has not left us alone. He told the disciples an incredible truth. He told them that because he was going to return to the Father, he would send the Holy Spirit to them. Now, the Holy Spirit was always present with God's people, but after Jesus ascended to the Father, the Spirit now dwells within his people, including you and me, believer. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. That word in the Greek can also be translated as comforter or intercessor or one of my favorites, helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Jesus did not leave us helpless when he returned to the Father, but he gave us the great helper. The Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force like when we refer to the Spirit as an it. No, he is a co-equal member of the Trinity, the Godhead, and he dwells within you and me. And he helps us in many ways. In a few verses, we'll find that he would help the disciples by reminding them of all that Jesus taught them, which they would need to then teach others and record into what we now have as the New Testament. The Spirit helps believers today by giving us an understanding of the scriptures when we read them. But I also want to mention another way the Spirit aids us, which is that he helps us to live righteously. The Apostle Paul said to the Galatian believers, he said, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Holy Spirit living within us helps us walk in obedience to the commands of God by giving us the strength to overcome temptation and guiding us to walk on a path of righteousness. It's only when we resist him, when we reject the Spirit's leading, when we choose sin over him, that we wander from that straight path and into the muddy ditches of sin along the road of this life. When we came to Jesus in faith, we received the Holy Spirit, believers, and as we followed the Spirit's leading out of our love for Jesus, we will be found living obedient lives. Not only that, but then Jesus talked about the love of God that we will experience. As we live for the Lord, we will experience sweet fellowship with the Father, the Son, and with His Spirit whose guidance we follow. So what does loving Jesus look like? It looks like obedience. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and that the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Then he said that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
You see, when we love God with all our hearts, we will naturally obey his commands and how we treat people and honor him. So here he gives a reminder. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. So do we love him? These are beautiful truths Jesus gave for believers. But Jesus said that the world, those who do not believe, they wouldn't see him anymore. Let's pick up in verse 22. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. Judas, not not the bad one, not Judas Iscariot, Judas, who is elsewhere referred to as Thaddeus, asked Jesus, Why can't everyone see you? Why not the whole world? The prevailing mindset at the time was that the Messiah would come in great glory and be recognized by everyone. Remember, Jesus came to the world, but the world rejected him. The world does not see him because they have freely chosen not to love him and not to believe the salvation truths that he taught. And so they cannot enter fellowship with the Lord. Those individuals are living like the other Judas, Judas Iscariot, who didn't love Christ, who didn't obey, who didn't have the Holy Spirit living within him. Judas Iscariot was overcome by the evil one. So it is with this world, but not so with those who believe. When we saw the truth of the gospel and the love of Jesus for us, we fell in love with him. We came to him in faith and we received his spirit. And in that love, we should now live lives of obedience to him. What a blessing it is to be in fellowship with the one who loved us and gave himself up for us. If we love him, we'll obey him. That means, believers, that if we are not living obediently to Jesus, then we do not love Jesus as we ought to. If we love him, we'll live for him. And we'll be brokenhearted in those times when we sin. And we will quickly return to him when we do. But Jesus had more to share with his disciples. Let's look a little further. Look at verse 26. Jesus is speaking and he said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Jesus was leaving them soon. That should have caused the disciples great joy to know the Lord would return to his place of glory. But in this moment, it no doubt brought them grief. Not only was he leaving, but the devil, the prince of this world, was coming. Soon the devil and those spiritual children of his who were preparing to arrest and crucify Jesus would successfully put to death the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In their wicked scheme, they would claim victory, but the true victory belonged to Jesus, who was carrying out the will of the Father. The disciples would have grief in hearing these things. 
and the next few days would bring grief as well. But to those who love and believe in him, Jesus gives us another provision. Not only do we have the Holy Spirit, the advocate, comforter, and helper living within us, but Jesus also said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Soon they would not have the Lord by their side. Soon it would look like the devil had won. But Jesus gives his people peace. And this peace is twofold. First, we have peace with God. Through faith in Jesus, we are forgiven of our sins, pardoned from the wrath of God we deserve, and we enter into a relationship with the Lord. There's no more condemnation for us. We are at peace with God, and this peace will never end. It is greater than the peace the world gives. This world doesn't know peace. Ever since Cain killed Abel, there has been bloodshed and wars. Try as they might, in the hands of men there will never be lasting peace. But in the hands of Christ, we are at peace forever with God. We have peace with God. Second, we have peace from God as we walk through this life. In that peace, we will not be burdened about living for the Lord or shocked at the trials we face because we have peace in him. It's that peace that we know where we are going. We're comforted that he holds us in his hands, confident that he will provide for our needs, and assured that he will work even our troubles together for his purposes. It's the same peace that Rebecca felt as the flames engulfed her when the bomb went off at her church. Sometimes life is full of hardships, trials, even persecution, but Jesus gives his people peace. But understand this. While eternal peace with God is assured for every believer, that daily peace from God comes as we walk closely and obediently with the Lord we love. But when we love and pursue the things of this life above Jesus, that's when we'll be found living in disobedience. That's when our fellowship with him is strained. Strained, not severed. We cannot be separated from him or lose our salvation, but that fellowship is strained because we have strayed. In that lack of intimate fellowship, we lose our daily peace. That's when we start to walk about with long faces, burdened hearts, and heavy yokes. Because we stop drawing near in love to the one who gives us peace. And believers, that's when we need to return to him. Jesus gave his disciples comforting words. Yet they would still be greatly troubled, discouraged, and downtrodden in the days between the Lord's death and resurrection. Afterwards, when they saw the risen Lord... They would be filled with joy. Then they would understand that peace again as they drew near to him in faith. I pray that we would walk in that peace and joy as well as we walk with the Savior we love. Believers, if we love Jesus, that will be evident in our lives. That evidence is not always seen through the scars of persecution, but it is always seen in the persistence of obedience. We'll obey him because of our overwhelming love for him. We'll follow the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives and walk on a path of righteousness, not out of obligation or legalism, but purely from love. As we do this, we'll enter into deeper fellowship with the Lord, and we will experience His peace even during times of difficulty, anxiety, trials, and hardship. The truth this morning is quite simple, but very important for us believers, and the truth this morning is that loving Jesus isn't just heard in what we say, but is seen in what we do. Loving Jesus isn't just heard in what we say, but is seen in what we do. It's seen in our obedience. So what about us? Believers, if we look at our lives, if we were to honestly evaluate our hearts, can we say that we truly love Jesus? 
or if we were to honestly evaluate, would we be able to recognize areas where we have been consistently disobedient to the Lord? Would we see ways that we have loved the world instead of him? In a few minutes, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and I would encourage each of us as believers, if the Holy Spirit is convicting our hearts about sin, about ways that we have not truly loved him, I would encourage each of us to bring those things to the Lord in prayer, to repent of those sins, and to draw near to him again. I'd like to close this morning with, with a story that a pastor once told about the days immediately following the end of the Civil War. He said that as a troop of federal cavalry were riding along, a poor wretch of a man, wearing a Confederate uniform, burst out of the bushes. He yelled out, and the captain stopped. The man cried out and said, I'm starving to death. Can you help me? The captain looked at him and said, Starving to death? Why don't you just go to town and get what you need? The man answered, I wouldn't dare do that, because if I did, I would be arrested and shot. He said, three weeks ago, I deserted the Confederate army and been hiding in the woods ever since, waiting for an opportunity to get through the lines to the north. The captain had a confused look on his face, and he said, Haven't you heard the news? The war is over. Peace has been made. The Confederacy has ended. What? The man said, You're telling me that peace has been made? And I've been out here starving in the woods because I didn't know it? Friend, if you are here and Jesus Christ is not your Savior, please understand that peace with God has been made available through Jesus Christ. Yet if he is not your Savior, please understand that you are not at peace with God. Understand that you are still wandering around the thickets of sin, spiritually starving. Friend, understand that the Bible says that because of our sins, we are separated from God. That our sin deserves punishment, and the only just punishment is that we will be separated forever from him in a place called hell. But in his great love for us, Jesus Christ came to this earth. And Jesus willingly died on the cross to take the penalty, the punishment, the wrath that our sin deserves. After he died, he was buried, and then he powerfully rose from the dead three days later proving that he is who he said he is, the Savior, the Son of God, and the only one who can save us. Friend, if he is not your Savior, I beg of you to come to Christ, because it is in him alone that you will find the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, and the eternal peace with God that we all desperately need. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you have never made that decision, please know that no matter where you are in life and no matter where you are physically right now, you can give your life to Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Friend, if that's you, if Jesus is not your Savior, but you are ready to give him your life, you can do that right now. You can go to the Lord in prayer. You can admit to him that you know that you're a sinner, but that you know he died on the cross for your sins. You believe that he did not stay in the grave, but that he rose from the dead. You can ask him for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And friend, in the moment that you do that by faith, he will forgive you. He'll give you eternal life. You'll be at peace with God forever. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that if there is anyone here 
who is not at peace with you, who has never come to Jesus Christ in faith, I pray that today would be the day they make that decision because peace has been made available through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But many people just don't know it. For those of us who have received that peace, who have come to Jesus in faith, help us to see the opportunities all around us every week to share the good news of the gospel with others. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, help us to understand that loving him is not simply about the things that we say, but what we do. Help us to be obedient followers of Jesus Christ. Help us to seek to obey his commands and be found living in a way that pleases you. I pray that in all these things, Father, you would be glorified. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.